Welcome to the podcast of New Life Church Derby. Thank you for joining us today. We hope this message inspires and encourages you. We're looking at the book of Acts, you know, this, and uh, we're, we're back on the, the, the book of Acts now. And I just want to encourage us to really read this scripture. So I'm not going to read through the whole scripture. I'm going to encourage you in your home churches to read through the whole scripture um, of, of the book of Acts in 13. We are in chapter 13 now. But as a church, we have been systematically taking each chapter a week to look through, to find out what the DNA of the new, um, of the early church was and to see how we can make that DNA, we can put that DNA back in us if there are parts that have, you know, have become cold in our lives. We want to stir that up. We want to stir those gifts up. If there are parts of the DNA that we actually find are not present in our lives today, we want to put that back into our lives. So we have been looking systematically. And in December, um, Rachel looked so well at Acts chapter 12. And she looked at Acts chapter 12 and the title she gave to that message was Don't Give Up. I'm sure many of you will remember, Don't Give Up. You know, the, the church had just seen James, a disciple of Jesus, being beheaded. He had been beheaded. He was a convert. He was, he was one part of the church. He was captured and he was beheaded. And next thing, when the, 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 um, the, the leader then, the king Herod, saw how it pleased the people that James was beheaded, he went and he arrested Peter in the plan that Peter was going to be beheaded the next day. But we find that the church was praying. You know, the church had lost James, but they hadn't given up. They hadn't given up on hope in the Lord. And I just want to encourage you, if you missed that sermon, go back and watch it. Every believer today needs to watch that sermon to, re- to, to know, to understand that we don't lose, we don't lose hope. We don't give up in, in, in times of trials. We stand firm we stand strong and i just want to encourage us but then we see there at the end of chapter 12 um, uh, uh, paul and barnabas who have been working together and they 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 end up in antioch you know so we pick it up from verse and we pick it up from verse uh, from chapter 13 in verse 1 but in this study today i just want to point out two points first point i want to point out is (coughs) the discipline of prayer and fasting. You know, I just want to really draw out that fact that there's a discipline, that the DNA of the early church had a discipline of prayer and fasting. But also we look at the second point is the results of prayer and fasting. You know, prayer and fasting produces results. And that's where we are excited as we move into this season of prayer and fasting. We want to see that uh, uh, those results come to pass in our lives. So let's look at the first thing is the discipline of prayer and fasting. You know, as Christians, there are spiritual disciplines that we embrace. Disciplines that help us on our journey as believers. You know, reading the word is one discipline that we all need to have as believers. Reading the word, studying the word daily. We need to be men and women who study the word daily. That's one discipline. You know, the second, another discipline is to pray. 
Prayer is a discipline that God expects us as believers to have. So we need to be people who pray, not just pray on the fly, not just, you know, a, a, a prayer before our food or a prayer here. We need to be men and women who have a place of prayer, an altar of prayer, a, 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 a time where we pray and we seek God's face. We need to develop that discipline. Also, we have disciplines of worship, you know, spending time worshiping him. It could be in our times of prayer where we spend time worshiping him but we need to have that discipline that's why as a church we have a time where we sing in worship you know there are many ways to worship God you can worship God in dance you can worship him by lifted hands by prostrate before him by words that we say by poems that we write by art that we that we do there are many ways to worship God but God expects us to have that discipline of worship and there are many other disciplines but fasting is one of the disciplines and we see that in the early church here in this Acts chapter chapter 13 so let's read from Acts chapter 13 from verse 1 I'm just going to start from verse 1 now it says now in the church at Antioch there were prophets and teachers it's so great that you know right at the early church we could see that there were prophets and teachers who had recognized their giftings in God. You know, there are many prophets out there watching this today. You might not have recognized that you're a prophet, but God has put that gift in you. And I want to encourage you, develop that gift, develop that gift and walk in that gift. There are teachers out there that, that, that God wants to raise up to teach the body of Christ, the word of God. There are evangelists out there that God has just given that gift of evangelism to go out and reach the lost. You know, I want to encourage you, stir that gift up in you, stir the gift up in you. So we see now in the church at Antioch, there were prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon called Niger, and Lucius of Cyrene, Manian who had been brought up with Herod, the Tetrarch, and Saul. So we see some men there who had been, who were, were prophets and teachers. They were more or less the leaders of the church in Antioch. While they were worshiping, while they were worshiping the Lord, so we see the discipline of worship there and fasting. While they were worshiping and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them up, sent them off. Wow. It's so great to see that, you know, that just at this time of early church, and we see that they, they were men and women who fasted and prayed, who fasted and prayed. You know, in Matthew chapter six and verse five, Jesus was speaking to his disciples and he was teaching them to pray. And he said something there. He said in verse five, he said, and when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites. He said, and when you pray, there was an expectation on the disciples that they would pray. When you pray. He didn't say if you pray. He said when you pray. And in that same breath almost, in that same uh, um, discussion as he taught them to pray, we, have, we all know the Lord's Prayer that we, have, we recite you know, uh, regularly. But in that same uh, um, uh, chapter, Matthew chapter 6 from verse 16, Jesus says there, when you fast, when you fast, 
Do not look sober as the hypocrites do. He wasn't saying if you fast. He said when you fast. God has called us as believers to be men and women who fast and pray. Who fast and pray. And he says there, do not look sober as the hypocrites do. For they disfigure their faces to show others they are fasting. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting, but only to your Father, who is unseen, and your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Wow. Jesus is saying there, you know, that he's instructing us that when we fast, we need to look sharp. You know, don't carry a long face. Don't look like you're sucking on a lemon because you're fasting. God wants us to carry a pleasant face, a pleasant attitude when we are fasting. We don't, people don't need to know. Your colleagues at work don't need to know you're fasting. He doesn't want us to go around just looking all gloomy and doomy when we are fasting. He wants us to look sharp, comb your hair, get dressed well, get dressed even better than you would normally because you're fasting. And let no one know that you're fasting. It doesn't. The right hand doesn't need to know. And I want to encourage us as a church, you know, that we are going into a season of fasting and there's no need to find out what the other person is fasting or what we all need to just walk in this and fast you know that's let's be accountable to ourselves that we are fasting if you have someone a close friend that both of you want to do the same fast that's fine but i want to discourage that uh, um, culture of going around and finding out what you know the other person is fasting are you fasting a full fast or, or daily fast or what kind of fast are you let's just put our heads uh, uh, um, uh, down and do a fast not looking gloomy and, and, and moody but actually pleasant and excited that we are we are we are disciplining our body our flesh to walk with him and there are many there are different types of fast we can engage in as a church you know i want to encourage us there there are different types and we as a church really promote three types of fast we promote a daily fast which is you can take from sun up to sundown you know you can start at 6 a.m and break at 6 p.m you can do do that as a daily fast or you maybe you skip a meal it might be that you skip a breakfast meal you know i know some some jobs require energy and you need to be able to give that energy but you can sacrifice one meal a day or maybe part something in that meal that you know normally you would really have loved to have but you give that up for the sake of, of, of this fast or you could go into a full fast you know you could do a full fast where you're able to not go on any solid food and just go on liquids only you know you could do that for the for as many days as you can and if you get to a number of days and you feel well i need to go on to a daily fast that's fine. You don't have to go all 10 days on a full fast. You can do a few days of full fast and go on to a, 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 a daily fast. But there's also the Daniel fast as well you can do. You know, Daniel fast is got from when Daniel went in, uh, uh, um, to, to Babylon and he refused the king's meat. 
and he asked for rather for fruit and vegetables to be given to him you can do a daniel fast as well too and engage in that but i just want to encourage us you know that's in scripture fasting always had to do with food i know nowadays you know people talk about oh media fast and electronic fast and other different types of fast but i really want to us to to have the um the the, the dna of what the scripture gave this described as fasting and that was food because a lot of times that fasting that um, weakness in our flesh causes our spirit man to come alive it is that starving of our flesh that causes the spirit man to come alive and that's the purpose of fasting the purpose of fasting is not to twist god's arm you're not trying to twist god's arm to do something that you know he um, he doesn't want to do no the purpose of fasting is to align ourselves in position with what god is doing he's already doing something the problem is our flesh takes us away from the purposes of god for our lives the, the, the the will of god for our lives when we fast we starve our flesh and our spirit comes alive and realigns to the way the Lord wants us to do and we'll see in a little bit what the results of fasting are but God wants us to have that discipline of fasting and I want to call us all as a church let's come together in this corporate fast and if you can't make those we want we want to have a 24/7 prayer as well during that fast you know so from 8 p.m on the 18th of tuesday the 18th of january there will be prayer slots one hour prayer slots that you can join in prayer all day 24 7 right up to 8 p.m on friday the 28th of of january so we want to encourage you the, the links will be um, in the chat you can go on there they are on our website as well you can go on there click on there and click on one of the slots to join in prayer if you see someone else is praying on a slot you can join them to pray as well you can uh, um, and then there's a zoom link you don't need to have your camera on if you're praying at 2 a.m or 3 a.m you don't need to have have your camera on just go in there and let's pray together let's agree on the word of god there are themes of prayer as well the themes are all on the website they will be emailed out as well uh, they have been emailed out as well and they will be emailed out as well this week but let's join in as a church corporately to fast to engage in that discipline of fasting we see that in acts chapter 13 and i'm so encouraged by by by, by, by the church there that were worshiping and were fasting then i want to move on to the next uh, um, uh, topic uh, the next point i have which is the results of prayer and fasting and i'm just going to read from acts chapter 1 to chapter 12 in this i'll break it down according to the points but we see here that there are great results that come from fasting there are great results that come from fasting. You know, fasting is not a wasted uh, a discipline. It's a discipline that produces results. And sometimes those results are immediate. Sometimes those results are, are instantaneous. Sometimes those results are a bit longer as well too. So we might, it might take longer times to see the results of fasting. So don't give up the fact that you prayed this time and you didn't see a result. Or you fasted this time and you didn't see a result. You know, sometimes it takes a longer time to align our spirit man to the word or to the word of God to the will of God purpose of God for our lives but we need to be steadfast 
have a discipline of fasting. You know, as a church, we encourage even a weekly fast if you can. On a Wednesday to Thursday, we we have this we have a, a, a day of prayer and and fasting if you can. You know, that's to include a fast. It might be that you can skip one meal on that Thursday morning. Weekly fast is so good. That's a great discipline as well to align ourselves to, to, to prayer and fasting. And I want to encourage us as a church, let us be men of prayer. Let us be men of fasting. You know, when we are fasting, don't just do what you would normally do. Add something to that season. Add some extra time of prayer. Add some extra time of reading the word. Add some extra time of spending time with God. We want to draw closer to him, to know his heart. But just when, as we look at the results right now of prayer and fasting, I just have seven points, seven results from this scripture in chapter um, 13 from verse 1 to 12. Seven results that we see here in the word of God. The first result we see is when we fast, we are in a better position to hear the voice of God clearer. When we fast, we are in a better position to hear God clearer. We see that in verse 2. It says, while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, the Holy Spirit spoke to them, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. They heard the Lord speak. You know, there are many ways the Lord speaks. And, and I saw in a, in a concordance, they listed eight different ways that the Lord speaks to men. One is by prophecy, you know, by prophetic word. The Lord speaks by prophetic word or by tongues and interpretation. You know, speaking in, someone might speak in tongues and an interpretation comes and the Lord speaks that way as well. Or he might speak through a still, small voice. It might be through a still small voice that the Lord speaks. He spoke to Elijah that way in 1 Kings. Or it might be with an audible voice where God speaks with an audible voice. We see that in scripture in different places where the Lord spoke in an audible voice. When, when Saul was, was on the road to Damascus, the Bible says about G, the, the word of God, speak, God speaking in an audible voice where Saul could hear the word. He also speaks through angels. He sends angels to speak to, 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 to us or through visions. Some of us get visions and God speaks through that way or by dreams. It might be by dreams that God speaks. You know, maybe in the prayer and time of prayer and fasting, we might find that we are more prone to having dreams. That might be God speaking, but also in an, an impression on our spirit, on man's spirit. That's the way God speaks to me, by placing an impression on my spirit. And I find that when I'm in times of prayer and fasting, my spirit is alive, is sharper to hear God's voice. One of the results of prayer and fasting is that we are in a better position to hear God's voice. Do you need to hear him speak today? When you're in that season of prayer and fasting, you're in a better position to hear God's voice. The second result is that we are in a better position to obey God's voice. You know, it's one thing for God to speak and it's another thing for us to do what he says. So God had spoken, the Holy Spirit had spoken here, set apart Saul and Barnabas 
for me for, uh, to go on our mission. But then we see right next verse in verse 3. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. There's a greater um, um, receptiveness to respond, to obey God's word when we're in time of season of prayer and fasting. God might say something. He might say something about your family. He might say something about your work. He might say something about your life. You're in a better position to obey God's voice when we are in a season of prayer and fasting. I just want to encourage us. You know, when God speaks, let's be, um, um, let's be sharp. Let's be ready to obey his voice, to obey his word, what he says. You know, there's the Rema word and there's the Logos word. The Logos word is the written word of God. The Logos word is the word of God that we read, the Bible that we read. That's the written word of God. But there's also the Rema word. The Rema word is the word that God speaks. So God spoke a Rema word here while they were worshiping and praying. Set Saul and Barnabas aside for me to send on a mission trip. That's the Rema word of God. God wants to speak Rema words to us as well as believers in today. And he, but he wants us to obey that word. But the word, the Rima word will always, um, will always complement the Logos word. The Rima word will never, will never be, be um, different to the Logos word. You, God will never tell you, you know, um, go and do something that contradicts his written word. That's a, a test to know if it's God's voice. If it contradicts the word of God, then it's not God that has spoken. God cannot contradict himself by, by Rima word. We stand by the Logos word. The Logos word is the word that is written. And we hold on to that. When we receive a Rima word, we need to test it with the Logos word, with the written word of God. I want to encourage us, you know, we're in a better position to obey God's voice when we're in a position of prayer and fasting. The third result we have is that we have a clearer sense of direction when we're in a season of prayer and fasting. When we pray and we fast, especially when we fast, we, are, we, we have a clearer sense of direction. You remember I said fasting is not twisting God's arm. Fasting is aligning ourselves to the purpose of God. When we align ourselves, we end up finding out actually the direction that God has for our lives in a better way. We see that in verse 4. Verse 4, it says, The two of them sent on their way by the Holy Spirit, went down to Seleucia and sailed from there to Cyprus. They suddenly knew, you know, that God did have to speak again to say, go to Cyprus. They just they were aligned with the voice of God in saying go, but they knew the direction that God was leading them. There's a clearer sense of direction when we are in a season of prayer and fasting. If you're asking God for direction, it might be even a spouse that you're, you're, you're asking God for. Is this the man? Is this the woman I should get married to? In a season of prayer and fasting, you will hear clearer God's voice and you will know his will. You will know the direction you should go. It might be what job you should take. A season of prayer and fasting can give you clearer direction on that. Where you should live, what decision you should make. It might be an important decision. God will give you a clearer sense of direction in a season of prayer and fasting. 
The fourth thing is that we are bolder in proclaiming God's word. We are bolder in proclaiming God's word when we're in a season of prayer and fasting because our flesh is weak. Our spirit is alive and it's our spirit that prompts us to speak God's word. But we see that in verse 5. It says, when they arrived in Salamis, they proclaimed the word of God in the Jewish synagogues. John was with them as their helper. So this is John Mark that we read about. You know, he was their helper on this trip here. He was he was out on this first mission trip. So this is Paul's first mission trip out. So from chapter 13 of Acts, we begin to follow Paul's uh, mission trips. Well, Saul at this time still being called. We see Saul's mission trips going on. and But this is his first mission trip. And as soon as they arrived at Salamis, they proclaimed the word of God. Boldly, they proclaimed it in the Jewish synagogues. When we are in a season of prayer and fasting, we are, we are um, in a place where we are bolder in proclaiming the word of God. I want to encourage us, even in this season of prayer and fasting, ask God for opportunities to speak his word. Ask him for opportunities to declare the word of God. It might be just, you know, a a promise of somebody that is sick you're praying for. You might just sense the word of God for them. And you just say, you know, I believe that God is going to heal you. Is it okay if I pray with you right now? There's something that comes alive in us when we are in a season of prayer and fasting and we're able to proclaim the word of God more fervently. The fifth thing is that we have a sharper sense to discern the enemy. We have a sharper sense to discern the enemy. We see that in verse 6. It says they traveled through the whole island until they came to Paphos. So this is in Cyprus. And there they met a Jewish sorcerer and false prophet named Bar-Jesus, who was an attendant of the proconsul, um, Sergius Pallius. The proconsul, an intelligent man, sent for Barnabas and Saul because he wanted to hear the word of God. But Elymas, the sorcerer, for that is what his name means, opposed them and tried to turn the proconsul from the faith. Paul and Barnabas had a sharper sense of discerning the enemy in this man. They could see that he was a false prophet. They could see he was a sorcerer and they could challenge him. They could go out there and they could challenge him. You know that when we're in a season of prayer and fasting, we can discern the enemy better. Because our flesh is weak. The enemy uses our flesh to control us. When our flesh is weak, our spirit is alive. And when our spirit is alive, we can discern clearer and better the the, um, um, strategy of the enemy. So the fifth thing is it sharpens our sense to discern the enemy. The sixth thing is that we have more power to walk in the miraculous. We have more power to work in the miraculous. Fasting and moving in the miraculous go hand in hand. If you are seeking God for a greater move of his miraculous power in your life, there's a direct correlation of fasting and walking in the miraculous. Because the more we fast, the more we align ourselves to the purpose of God. And when we are in the purpose of God, we can walk in the miraculous. 
We see that in verse 8. It says, But Elymas, the sorcerer, for that is what his name means, opposed them and tried to turn the proconsul from the faith. But then Paul, Saul, who was also called Paul. And this is where his name changes. You know, some of you might have known we have been calling him Saul all this time. Well, Saul was his Hebrew name and Paul was the Roman version of that name. So it is at this point that his name switches in the book of Acts. And from this point on, he's called Paul every time after this. So from verse 9, it says, Then Saul, who was also called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked straight at Elymas and said, You are a child of the devil and an enemy of everything that is right. You are full of all kinds of deceit and trickery. Will you never stop perverting the ways of the Lord? Now the hand of the Lord is against you. You are going to be blind for a time, not even able to see the light of the sun. Immediately, mist and darkness came over him and he groped about, seeking someone to lead him by the hand. Wow. When we are in a season of prayer and fasting, we have more power to work in the miraculous. Paul and Barnabas had come from this season of prayer and fasting and they could declare the word of the Lord. Imagine being able to tell someone that, you, that, that was, was obstructing the word of God to be blind and immediately he went blind. That was the power of God manifest in real time. That's what the, we need to be walking in, the power of God. When we go and lay our hands on a sick person who is not saved and they get healed, the doors are open for, for the gospel there. But there's a direct link between fasting and walking in the miraculous. We see that in Mark chapter 9. Even Jesus said it in Mark chapter 9 and verse 28. If you remember, there's a story in Mark chapter 9 where um, a, a man had a son who was always um, uh, getting ill and, and was, was plagued by a, a demonic spirit of being deaf and dumb. And, and he brought his son to his disciples, asking the, um, the disciples to, to um, cast out this devil. But the disciples could not. They had tried and they tried and they couldn't. And they brought him to then, the man brought the son to Jesus and said, Jesus, I brought this to my son to your disciples and they couldn't cast him out. Could you cast this demon out? And Jesus um, cast the devils out, the devil out, the demon out immediately out of that child. But then he turned to his disciples and in verse 28, he says, and when he had come into the house, the disciples asked him privately, why could we not cast it out? The disciples were worried. Why could we not cast it out? And then Jesus says to them, This kind can come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. This kind can come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. Fasting positions us to walk in the miraculous. It enables us to walk in the miracle because we are aligned into the purposes of God. The seventh and final thing is we will see more results of fruits for our ministry. When we fast, we will see more results of fruits from our ministry. In verse 12 there, he says, when the proconsul saw what had happened, he believed for he was amazed at the teaching about the Lord. He believed 
There's direct results that come into play when we pray and fast. And I just want to encourage us as a church. There's results, there are great results that are available to us as believers when we pray and fast. In a moment, you're going to go into a discussion in your groups. You know, if you're in a home church, you'll be discussing this in your home church. If you're on your own, I'd love you to just take some time to think on these questions and to reflect on these. But I want to encourage us to read the whole chapter. Read the whole chapter 13. There's a great story after that, you know, about Paul and just carrying on on his missionary journey and just all that God walks through him. You know, let's, let's read through that. But when we read through that, let's answer a few questions there. You know, what does this passage teach us about God? What does this passage teach us about God? What does this passage teach us about man? What does this passage teach us about man? And then there will be other questions as well that we can engage in as a home church or as individuals. I just want to encourage you let us engage in this as we seek God, as we pray and fast. Let's embrace this spiritual discipline of fasting. There's power available to us when we pray and when we fast. Hallelujah. I would love to pray with you right now. Just as we go into this season, I want us to go in knowing that there's an expectation there's an expectation. We will, we will see results. You will hear God clearly. You will obey Him better. You will know His will, discern His will for your life. You will be able to walk in the miraculous. You will be able to um, see God move in a greater measure in your life. God will give you boldness to speak His word as we seek His face and as we pray. Let's pray right now as we just come to the end of this um, um, sermon. But let us also just press in to hear more as we discuss those questions on the screen. Lord, I thank you for your faithfulness, for your goodness, for your love in our lives. Thank you that we have the opportunity to pray and to fast. Lord, I pray that as we go in as a, as a corporate church into this season of prayer and of fasting, Lord, I pray that you will go before us. You will go before us. You will strengthen us. You will give us, oh God, what we need to, um, to, to do this. Whatever um, type of fast we engage in, help us, Lord, to do it and to do it fervently and effectively, Lord, that you will be glorified and lifted up. We thank you and we bless your name because you are worthy of praise. Have your way in our lives, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you don't know the Lord, you know, if this is your first time of encountering New Life Church and you don't know the Lord, you know, we would love to lead you to the, to the Lord. You know, um, I'd love to just say a simple prayer right now that you can repeat. And the Bible says, if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth, you will be saved. That's all it takes to believe in your heart and confess it with your mouth. If today you believe in your heart that Jesus died for you to set you free, to give you a life that is abundant life, and you confess it with this simple prayer after me, you will be saved. 
and there'll be a link in the chat you can click on. We would love to give you some resources to help you on this journey, to give you someone that can walk with you and disciple you along this journey of, of the Christian walk. But just repeat this simple prayer after me, if that's you. Just say, Lord Jesus, I invite you into my heart. Come into my life and save me. Transform my heart and make me new. I repent of all my sin and I turn around and I follow you. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus, in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you feel blessed by the message you've just heard. For more information, please visit newlifederby.org.uk and feel free to get in contact with us.